Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And hey, if you're out there on the East Coast, happy Sunday to you. If you're out here on the West Coast, much like myself, well, you still got a few hours until we wind up hitting Sunday. But with that said, we've got ourselves a tremendous final hour here on the Greg Peterson Experience. We'll end up going through what we're going to be getting in the Bucks versus Celtics game seven. So we've already done that one. And now we're going to be taking a look at the other game seven that we've got here in the NBA playoffs. We're going to be taking a look at Suns versus Mavericks in the next few minutes. Got a lot of baseball for Sunday to be able to look forward to as well. I don't necessarily do as much with regards to hockey. I'm going to be keeping tabs on what we're getting with regards to this Oilers versus Kings game as we wind up going about as currently one to zero. We are in the second intermission getting set for the third period there. So I'll keep you guys abreast there. I just really don't have much for you guys. I wouldn't want to try to give you something to be like, oh, I like the under. Why do you like the under? I have absolutely no idea. That would not be very helpful for you guys at all. And I know that many of you guys throw down some good money based on what people are recommending. And I don't want to lead you astray there. So it's best to give nothing when you know nothing. So we're going to be just taking a look at what we've got with regards to Major League Baseball, along with a little bit of the NBA playoffs as well. As I do think that it's going to be a good matchup that we wind up seeing to be able to round out Sunday with the Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. And as of right now, finding the Suns a six and a half point favorite and a total of 205. And when it comes to this total, I think we've went down a little bit too far with regards to some of these totals. I was mentioning it a little bit earlier when you take a look at the Bucks versus Celtics series and that the total that we're currently finding for game seven is 
right around six or so points lower than what you want to see in the closing total on game six being and it has been a little bit more of an under series and when it comes to just important games in general typically you are going to find a little bit more of an edge on the under you are going to find that things are a little bit lower scoring in general but i think that this might be a little bit too demonstrative and i mean here i think that we went a little bit too far this was a total that wound up closing right around a 214 when it came to game six that's a full nine points right here that we've wound up going down for this game and i recognize the fact that it has been a little bit of a topsy-turvy series in general the suns wound up scoring just 86 points in game six but i don't think that this warrants a full nine point move here so if i'm looking at anything i'm taking a look at the over and i'm always one that i love in-game betting with regards to the nba because typically you find teams being up slash down double figures at some point during the game but i mean if you wind up getting a hot start you're not going to be able to get a better number in game so that is the risk that you'd wind up running a little bit in this one and what i do think is also going to be very key for the phoenix suns just continue to, to have deandre aiden be a little bit of a dominator down low even though they wind up losing that game six to the mavericks and in quite convincing fashion by the way he still wound up having 21 points 11 rebounds and in my opinion he's just by far the best low post presence that you've got in this series even in the game that we wound up seeing in game six in which the suns wound up getting blown out the suns still wound up having the rebound advantage and i think that that's just going to be the case moving forward i think the big question that you have is what is luka Doncic going to be able to do if you think that the mavericks are going to be able to either win this game outright or at the very least be able to cover you probably want to be taking a lot of luka Doncic over point props because i don't know who else is necessarily going to be that number two guy other than maybe J jalen brunson brunson has been able to have himself a relatively solid series wound up being able to go out there wound up giving the team 18 points in game six but you got to figure that if luka Doncic wants his team to be able to get the win he's probably going to need to go over all of his props 34 and a half is right now his point total i typically do not wind up recommending taking an over on like 34 and a half just because that's a big ask right there and Luka Doncic over the last four games he has scored 33 points or fewer in every one of them now we have seen Luka Doncic in game sevens I think out of a minimum of three game sevens he has scored the second most points in NBA history is I believe 37 to 37 and a half is what he's averaging in game sevens but I mean now we're asking him to do it once again and man you know that the Phoenix Suns are going to be doing a solid job against them and it does feel like the Phoenix Suns do seem to think okay we are going to let Luka Doncic get a few points here we're going to make sure that it's not just like a crazy amount so I do think that the Suns have been able to do a solid job there if I'm looking at anything I am looking at the under just because I do think that the Suns are going to be able to win this game and I think that they win this game relatively comfortably Chris Paul it's going to need to do a little bit better than we wound up doing in game six because what I think ultimately wound up dooming them in that game was the fact that he did wind up having five turnovers and it's been a little bit of an uncharacteristic series in general for Chris Paul you take a look at what he was able to do against the New Orleans Pelicans versus what he's been able to do here against the New Orleans Pelicans he wound up averaging just a turnover and a half per game he wound up having six in the entirety of that series you take a look at what he's been able to do in this series and all of a sudden that's up to 3.7 he has gotten 23 turnovers in this series so more than double that has been a big giant issue for this phoenix suns team but now you do take a look at the phoenix suns and what has been very encouraging for them is just the fact that they still do have 
relatively good versatility when it comes to the backcourt, but you need to have a little bit more off the bench than what you wind up having in game six as well, because Cameron Johnson, he played 20 minutes. He wound up giving you five points. He certainly didn't win sixth man of the year because that guy by the name of Tyler Hero exists, but he's been one of the better six men in all of college basketball and throughout the entirety of the series when the team has been able to win games and they've been able to fire on all cylinders, look no further than what they were able to do in game five. He wound up having in that game 14 points, wound up adding in there a few made threes. He was able to do a solid job in that game. When the team has been faltering, he's been a little bit of a no-show. And typically, you do wind up seeing the role players be able to play better at home rather than on the road. And I do think that that's going to be the case here once again. And for the Phoenix Suns, just being able to get those guys to be able to step up, I think it's going to be big. And then for the Mavericks, I think it's much more of a question mark as to who's going to be able to step up for guys not named Luka Doncic because we all know what he's going to be able to do. But Spencer Dinwood, you all remember he was a part of that trade for the good old unicorn back in the day. I mean, he has been all over the place in this series. Last four games, four points, and then 10 points, and then two points, and then 15 points. It's been a case in which you just need Spencer Dinwiddie to be able to give you, I'm not saying like he needs to go off and give you 20 plus points, but you just need a little bit of consistency from him. You just need to get some production. And I just don't know if the Dallas Mavericks are going to be able to get that. So, I mean, this is a case in which I'd be looking a little bit more in-game with regards to a Suns we're going to call it spread right now. You're finding it at a six half, perhaps they wind up getting down a couple points early. And then you're able to cut that to maybe more like a four and a half, maybe a five. And that would be a little bit more favorable in my opinion. But I think that if I'd be taking a look at anything, I'd be taking a look at the suns and something that I probably wouldn't bet in game is more of a total just because it is set too low. If you wind up having both of these teams, wind up coming out and getting some shots. And even in that just ridiculous game six that we wound up seeing, I mean, it was 28 to 23 at or 28 to 25 at the end of the first quarter. So on this sort of a number, you wouldn't see really much of an adjustment whatsoever with regards to that total. So I'd be taking a look at it over even before we wind up getting started. And then with regards to more of the spread, I'd be taking a look at that a little bit more in game. So that's sort of the way that I'd be taking a look at that. And how about if we wind up sticking with the Arizona theme? Because we did wind up seeing the Diamondbacks just wind up losing to the Cubs a few minutes ago. Now they're going to be turning the page forward and they're going to be taking a look to Sunday as we're going to be taking a look at what we've wind up gotten here in 959-960. Cubs are going to be wrapping up their series with the Arizona Diamondbacks with Humberto Castellanos going for the Arizona Diamondbacks and Justin Steele is going to be going for the Cubs now. There was a little bit of question mark as to what we were going to be able to get with regards to this final game, I think that the question mark was whether or not Justin Seal was actually going to get the start for the Cubs. So it is a little bit more confirmed that he is going to be able to go in this game. And we're seeing a wide range of numbers where I'm at it at Circa. Right now, you're finding the Arizona Diamondbacks at a minus 120 and a plus 110. With the Cubs, total pretty much across the board is 8.5. But seeing across town as high as a minus 125 here on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And pretty much until we wind up reaching a 130. I'd be willing to buy in on the Arizona Diamondbacks. You take a look at Humberto Cassiano, not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, but what he's been able to do a solid job of is just being able to keep the ball in the yard. And this is a Cubs offense that it just hasn't been that great. If you wind up taking out that big giant 21 run outburst that they wind up having against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I nearly called it points because I mean, the Chicago Bears, if they wind up scoring 21 points, they'd probably be pretty happy with that effort. But if you take out the 21 runs that they wound up having against the Pittsburgh Pirates a few weeks ago, they're averaging right around three and a half runs per game. It hasn't necessarily been an impressive offense. We've seen 
quite a few guys wind up having their falters. Frank Schwindel, Rafael Ortega. I thought that these guys were going to be able to take a little bit more of a step forward this season. That's not been the case. C.A. Suzuki, after he wound up having a very good start to the season, he has tapered off a little bit. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the batting average is starting to come around a little bit more. This was the first game all season long in which they wound up entering with a batting average above the Mendoza line of a 200. So it's getting there. They do have Dalton Varsho. They've got Christian Walker, a pair of guys that will give you six home runs each this season. And when it comes to Soto, I wound up setting mine at an 8.4. So I do think that the tick up to 8.5, a little bit too high. But I think that the total is starting to get a little bit more in line with this one just because you now have a guy in Justin Seal that I just am not very bullish on. You take a look at his ERA versus his fielding independent. It doesn't necessarily match up. And the big reason why is because with Justin Seal, he winds up putting himself into a lot of adverse spots. He has been giving up throughout his career right around four walks per nine innings. Has been able to do a good job of being able to Houdini his way out of quite a few of these. But and the guy as well just winds up giving up a little bit more hard contact for my liking. He does have some relatively solid stuff. A little bit of a young guy. But overall for his career, one and a half home runs per nine innings. For his career, he's got an ERA that is about a half a point lower rather than his fielding independent as well, which means that he's probably going to be just continuing to be doing for a little bit of regression. So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that there's a good edge here with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So a little bit of an Arizona special here in the first segment of the Greg Peterson experience for this final hour. And coming up next, going to be continuing to take a look at what we've got on the Major League betting board for Sunday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a lot of baseball for Sunday to be able to take a look at and also going to be giving you guys tabs on what we're seeing in this NHL playoff game as well as we've got Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers currently in the third period. we got about 14 minutes remaining if you're looking at this thing live. Oilers minus 1,200 on the money line. And right now the total is three with the over at a plus 145. So that is very, very juicy right there. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the worst thing to take a look at the over though, because I mean, obviously if you wind up getting a three, you wind up just pushing on that. But with the way that things wind up working with regards to the Stanley Cup playoffs, you are probably going to notice that the net is going to become a little bit more empty a little bit earlier and especially if you can get that second goal from the Edmonton Oilers at some point in the next 11, 12 or so minutes, if the LA Kings wind up falling down by a kind of 2-0, to zero, they're going to pull the goalie probably very quickly, and you could get a cheap goal that way. So that way, at the very least, you're able to assure yourself the push. And hey, if the Kings can give you anything whatsoever with regards to a goal, at the very least, you're looking at a push there as well. So... I do think that there might be a little bit of value on a plus 140 over three, but certainly a little bit of a roll of the dice here as we've just been seeing it all throughout the NHL today. Under Palooza there, and with regards to Major League Baseball this season, it's been an under Palooza there as well. It's been about 54.5% of games going under the total, though. I do feel like it is going to be intriguing to take a look at some of these totals moving forward because I like this total under as well as we wind up hitting upon a little bit of more American League action 
here how about if we go as six or 969-970 on the bang board the minnesota twins playing also cleveland guardians with one tristan mckenzie going for the guardians and joe ryan going for the minnesota twins with a total on this game seven half and twins are anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145 favorites and when it comes to the twins I think that this is starting to get a little bit too lofty with regards to the money line. This one opened up more around a minus 135. And at a minus 135, I would be in on the Minnesota Twins. But now that we've gotten up here to right around a minus 145, I'm trying to see if this winds up being able to just get up a couple more pennies. Because pretty much anything north of a plus 135, I'm willing to take a shot. And I'm going to be willing to go with the Cleveland Guardians. But it's a little bit more of a wait and see case there. Because... You've seen about a 15 to 20 cent move here on the Cleveland Guardians. And take a look at Tristan McKenzie. Ever since he wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues last season, his command has been so much better. When he got sent down to the minor leagues during the 2021 season, he was giving out north of six walks per nine innings. His walks per nine rate ever since that time span has went down about 60 to 65%. So he's been so much better with that regard. Now he is going up against a guy in Joe Ryan who a lot of buzz about him and rightfully so. He's got very good stuff. He's not necessarily like the world's greatest dominator with regards to strikeouts. He does a solid job of being able to get strikeouts, but the guy's command has been very, very solid this year. He's got the makings of a future ace, in my opinion. Really young guy that has been able to just string it along this season. He has been able to give out a 256 ERA, 31 and two-thirds innings, has given out just two home runs. So I really like the way that he's been able to pitch it for Tristan McKenzie. This is a young guy that's been able to keep the ball in the yard as well. One bomb given up in 29 and two-thirds innings, 276 ERA. With regards to the Guardians, I hope this winds getting up a few more cents because I do think that there's a little bit of value on them. You wind up seeing them be able to get the job done. They were able to get a win on Saturday by kind of 3-2. to two. And for the Guardians, this is actually one of the better offenses that you're able to find in all of baseball. Stephen Kwan, no question he has seen a little bit of regression in him, but he, along with Jose Ramirez, you're able to throw in there Andres Jimenez, and you have one or two others like an Owen Miller that are all hitting a 290 or greater for the team. And for Jose Ramirez, 31 RBI right now leads the league. Miles Straw has been able to do a good job of being able to get on base. And he has stolen eight bases. And for the Minnesota Twins, just a case in which they're right now dealing with a lot of injuries. You've got Trevor Larnich who has been out of the fold the last few days for this team. You've currently got Carlos Correa on the injured list. Byron Buxton did not wind up playing once again. And Byron Buxton... If this guy could stay healthy at some point, I think that he would be able to win an MVP. He's that good. He's gotten 10 home runs this year while missing 10 games. And he's averaging more home runs per game right now than the Detroit Tigers. And I say that, and I'm not even kidding. I mean, that's how good Byron Buxton has been this season, but he just can't stay out there on the field. So that means that you have to rely upon Ore Polanco, Max Kepler, and, and they're okay bats. You've got Royce Lewis at the bottom of the fold who... I like the way that he's been able to fill in for Carlos Correa, but you just need a little bit more out of this team. And with the Twins, what has really been surprising to me, this has been a bullpen that has been nothing short of lights out this season. It's a Minnesota bullpen that has a 323 ERA. That is sixth in the league. That is not something that you'd expect. Meanwhile, the Guardians, they're closer to league average at 13th, but Trevor Seaman has been solid. Uh, the Guardians bullpen, Emmanuel Class A, he's able to throw triple digits. He has been terrific. And for the Minnesota Twins, you really don't have that one guy that jumps out and you're like, oh boy, this guy is absolutely tremendous out there in the bullpen because I mean, you've got Danny Columbia who's been able to give you a couple relatively solid innings. You've had a couple guys just in general that they do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort, but 
he still has Caleb Theobar, and Caleb Theobar is someone that you want absolutely no part of whatsoever. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that it's starting to get a little bit too lofty with regards to the Minnesota Twins. And it is a Twins team that, as I was willing to look at them up to right around a minus 135, minus 136, we wound up going past that point. So right now, looking for a little bit of a line move to be able to take a shot here on the Guardians. And it's another spot in which I set my total at 7.4. It is a little bit warmer in Minnesota, but very pitcher-friendly ballpark. These balls have just been dying out there in Minnesota, so I'm going to be taking a look at another under in this spot. Have you ever wound up going to your friends and you've had a situation where you knew that they weren't going to buy into it and you just wound up being like, hear me out. Well, I'm going to do that right now for you guys. How about if we go 975, 976 on the betting board? The Houston Astros are going to be taking out the Washington Nationals and the Washington Nationals are finding themselves, shall we say, a relatively hefty underdog. Nationals, anywhere between a plus 160 to a plus 180. Mostly seeing plus 180 right now. Right now, the best number that you're able to find on this Astros money line is minus 190, seeing as high as minus $2. And it's Justin Verlander versus Patrick Corbin. And for those of you guys that have been following what has been happening with Patrick Corbin, he's not been good this year. He is 0-5. He's got north of a 5 ERA. It has not been going great. And what has been really befuddling about Patrick Corbin is that he picked up Miles Brower on his fastball in the last two years, and yet he has seen worse results. That's like the exact opposite of what you wind up seeing. Typically, when a guy winds up seeing a little bit of a velocity uptick, you're like, oh boy, now he's really dominant. He went from being good to really good, and instead, Patrick Corbin, who was legitimately one of the big-time heroes of what we wind up seeing with the Nationals being able to win the World Series a few years ago, he has become total fade material at a 606 ERA, 174 whip, 70 walks in 33 and two-thirds innings. He's going up against Justin Verlander. That in 40 and two-thirds innings, he's been pretty masterful. A 064 whip. This isn't the same Justin Verlander that wound up getting as many strikeouts as a few years ago. Has only been able to register right around eight strikeouts per nine innings, but still, he has been really stinking good for this team. But you do take a look at the Astros. Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, both of these guys are dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. And if there's one thing that this Nationals team is able to do, they're able to hit. Now, a big thing for them is, can someone please get on base for Juan Soto? He has got eight home runs this year and 11 RBI. If you do the math, that means that at minimum, five of his home runs have been solo shots. And I believe that it's actually six that have been solo shots. I might actually be seven, but... I mean, at minimum, he's got six home runs. I've been solo shot. So that's a little bit of an issue. Now, you do take a look at the Astros, and even with dealing with the injuries that they are, you've had Yardon Alvarez really be able to step up for this team. He's been able to give you 11 home runs, hitting at 270. And going into what we wound up getting on Saturday, there's an Astros team that would be able to string 11 wins together. But it's a Nationals bunch that I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job here because you do have a lot of guys that are getting on base. Cesar Hernandez has been. Solved for the team. Keep out of Wheeze. Both of these guys are in north of a 260. And then on top of that, Josh Bell has been hitting right in the pocket of about a 335, 340. Very good on base out of him. And you notice that a couple of these Astros bats they have been struggling a little bit. They've been going with their with a little bit of a truncated lineup because they have been dealing with all these injuries. And what we wound up seeing on Saturday was a bunch that they still wound up being able to manage 12 hits, but the entire catcher spot is, at this point, about as good as a pitcher spot for them because both of their catchers, Martin Maldonado and Jason Castro, 
They're hitting below a 0.95 right now. So they're literally hitting less than half of the Mendoza line. Yoli Gurriel is one of the top just players in general of getting on base last season. He's hitting a 230-ish Elamendis Diaz. He's hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200. Jose Siri has been able to pick it up, but a lot of these guys have been able to have their struggles. And for the Washington Nationals, it's not necessarily the world's most trustworthy bullpen. Kyle Finnegan is a little bit of a roll of the dice. Fortunately for them, they no longer have Wander Swero. I used to call him Wander I Swero. This guy sucks. So just by default, someone like a Victor Arano is a little bit of an upgrade there, but I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that you've got a little bit of value here with the Washington Nationals. I do think that Patrick Corbin is going to be able to pick it up just a little bit. So I do think that you've got the value there, and with regards to this total, we'll be looking to see if we wind up getting off of 8, and 8.5 eight and will be looking under 7.5 to the over. So going to take a little bit more of a look at Major League Baseball next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a lot to take a look forward to for Sunday. We've already taken a look forward to what we're going to be getting in the NBA with regards to those game sevens. And speaking of game sevens, we're keeping track of what we're getting in Oilers versus Kings, about six minutes remaining. Oilers continue to be in the lead by kind of one to zero. Just haven't seen a lot of movement with regards to the live lines with regards to this. Right now, the over-under has moved at two and a half at a plus 115 on the two and a half. Honestly, I know that we haven't seen a lot of scoring here, but it might not be the worst look if you wind up getting the Kings to score at all. That is already guaranteed to be over, and you could wind up seeing the Edmonton Oilers being able to put two in the back of the net because... And especially if they're able to get a goal here in the next three to four minutes, then you got to figure that the Kings down two with like two to three minutes remaining. They wind up emptying out the net. You're able to get a very cheap goal there. Although I will say the one thing that is currently hurting the Kings, they're losing the shots. I guess you can call it battle 39 to 20. So it's not necessarily been going well for them there. And if you're taking a look at the major league baseball games that we've got going on right now, both involve LA teams and well, neither of them aren't necessarily too competitive right now. Eight to three, the Philadelphia Phillies are in the top of the ninth inning. And right now they have just been laying waste to the LA Dodgers. So it looks like they're going to be losing three straight games. And looks like this game is just going final right now. The Angels, they have mercifully put the Oakland A's out of their misery. Nine to one, the final SE. LA Angels wound up being able to just jump all over Adam Aller in this one as Aller wound up getting smoked, giving up eight runs over the course of five innings. And then... The bullpen that needs all the saving that they can get because they wound up having a doubleheader. Wound up being able to round out the final four innings as Michael Lorenzen, very good starter here for the Angels, gives up one run over the course of seven innings as Shoei Otani in this game was able to get his seventh home run season. So how about if we now take a look at what we're going to be getting in the Sunday matchup of this series, 973-974 between the A's and the LA Angels as Patrick Sandoval going to be towing the rubber for the Angels and Mr. Frankie Montas is going to be on the bump for the Oakland A's with a total of seven. A lot of this juice right around minus 115, minus 120 to the over end with Sandoval. Going to be finding them anywhere between minus 125 and minus 129 with the A's. Finding them as low as a plus 105 and as high as about a plus 115-ish. And when it comes to the spot, I was willing to take the Oakland A's as long as I was getting pretty much a 110 or greater. And 
We're finding that in most spots. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Oakland. You take a look at Frankie Montas, and he has been able to have himself a relatively solid season. You take that first start out of the equation, and that first start, he just wound up having absolutely nothing whatsoever, wound up getting lit up. But after that, he has really been able to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort for this team. So I do think that he's going to be able to come in, and he's going to lend a little bit of length to a team that is going to need it. And legitimately, both of these guys are going to be tasked with that because he did wind up seeing them play 18 innings a little bit earlier today. You wind up having the Angels use up pretty much all their trustworthy relievers in that first game. Ryan Tapero, Rossio Iglesias, they all wound up having to throw Aaron Loop, I believe, did as well. So that's a little bit of an issue for them. And when it comes to Oakland, which I think has been intriguing to take a look at this offense because not necessarily been great. They have scored three runs or fewer in 15 out of their last 20 games. So they've been stuck in the mud a little bit. And team's batting average going into this double dip buck 99 as a collective that is dead last in the big leagues but what they have been able to do is pitch they've been able to have frankie montas do a very solid job allowing right in the neighborhood about two and a half walks per nine innings but who has been actually a little bit better on the flip side has been patrick sandoval 203 era zero home runs given up in 26 and two-thirds innings but i talked about length i think that length is going to be very big in this game is 126 and two-thirds innings across his starts this year. And the big reason why he hasn't been able to go as long as Frankie Montas, 12 walks in 26 and two-thirds innings. That's right around 4.3 to 4.4 walks per nine innings. That is going to be a little bit of an issue with the Angels having a big giant fall off with regards to bullpen and having a lot of their trustworthy bullpen pieces winding up getting utilized. That is not necessarily a great spot either. So this means that, Someone like it, Oliver Ortega, Jimmy Herget. These guys are going to need to come out of the bullpen. That's not necessarily what you want. Now, with the Angels, lineup has been a very solid for the team. How about Mike Trout? Sitting at 320, he's been able to give you nine home runs. Mentioned that Shoy Otani wanted up being able to go deep on Saturday as well. So that is something that is very encouraging for the team. But the Oakland A's have actually been a little bit better on the road than they have been at home with regards to their win percentage. I think that that's because... The Oakland A's ownership in general just did a really bad job of being able to just keep the fans excited. Apparently, they want up raising prices. It's not necessarily in the most savory part of the city. It's not necessarily the easiest to be able to get to. And they want up being able to strip away a lot of the rights of the season ticket holders. So that's not necessarily too terrific. But one redeeming quality that the Oakland A's do wind up having is that this bullpen has been nothing short of tremendous. Entering into game two of the doubleheader, 316 bullpen ERA. That is fourth in the big leagues. And even a few guys like a Danny Jimenez did not wind up getting overly used up on Saturday. So a lot of these guys can conceivably wind up coming back. Angels have been right around league average with regards to their bullpen. They wound up entering into game two 14. So I think that they're going to be right around that neighborhood when they wind up starting this game up on Sunday. But I do think that there's a little bit of something to be at here with the Oakland A's. And I'm going to be taking a look at this seven over because even though the Oakland A's have been struggling to get on base, they don't necessarily have a lot of pop in the bat. It's a case of which we've been noticing this throughout baseball. When it comes to these day games out there on the West Coast, the ball is flying. And just take a look at what we wound up getting in Phillies versus Dodgers. The ball earlier tonight, it was just flying out of the yard left and right. That is absolutely insane. It feels like there's a little bit of a shift that's happening because it's a little bit warmer in the state of California this week. So that is something that I think is worth taking a little bit more of a look at. And when it comes to what we're taking a look at as well is how about the Edmonton Oilers? They're now up by kind of two to zero. You remember me saying that live two and a half over might be worth taking a shot. 
because if you wind up getting a goal with about three or so minutes remaining that there might be a little bit of value well if the kings wind up going empty now within the next minute or two and they might wind up doing so looking pretty good connor mcdavid puts a biscuit in the basket it is now two to zero edmonton and this game is most likely going to be on ice uh, if you're looking to have the la kings be able to make a comeback well you're going to get a very nice plus price as right now i'm seeing them at the live line at DraftKings at plus 2800 i don't encourage you guys to take a shot here because i don't think that they're going to be able to pull off this herculean comeback and the way that's looking right now in the total of six that we wound up having before the game looks like that is going to be staying under and that's going to make it three unders in the nhl for saturday so very intriguing to take a look at there but we're going to be taking a look to see if you could get that third goal for a little bit of a live over because that is one that i think is actually in play now so Edmonton, they're three minutes and 53 seconds away from surviving and advancing and being able to get by in game seven and gives a little bit of credit to the LA Kings. Solid season for them. But how about if we wind up taking a look at, I was going to say, the other LA team with regards to baseball, but right now it's going to be a bullpen game for the Dodgers. We don't know who's going to be opening that bullpen game. So I'm not able to give you too much right now because there's no numbers that are currently available. So it is, as of right now, currently unbettable. But this is a game that you can wind up betting. Yankees and White Sox, the final of this series. As we go 967, 968 on the betting board. Michael Kopech is going to be going for the White Sox. And one, Nestor Cortez is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees are finding themselves slight favorites here. Anywhere between minus 112 and minus 120. Meanwhile, between even money and plus 107 is what you're getting with the White Sox with your total on this game. Anywhere between a 7.5 and an 8. We're finding mostly 8s with that under juice between minus 115 and minus 120. And... I like the under in this spot. Nestor Cortez has been nothing short of magnificent for the Yankees. He's just such a good manipulator with regards to the way that he is on the plate. He always changes up when he winds up throwing, changes up a little bit with regards to the delivery. Sometimes he goes fast, sometimes he goes slow. That has really thrown off the timing of so many hitters. And then for Michael Kopech, do not let the 0-0 zero and zero record fool you. He's got a sub-1 ERA this season. The lone thing with him is that He's won five innings or fewer in all but one of his starts, but that's not really his fault. It's a fault of Tony La Russa for not being smart enough to put him in the starting rotation last season, which is where he belonged because he wound up coming out of the bullpen. So he's used to more like two, three inning spurts. So now he's getting stretched out a little bit more. And I believe that his last start did wind up being the lone one that did wind up being six innings. So that is going to be very important for the team. And you take a look at the Chicago White Sox. One thing that I've always noticed with them is that they do wind up hitting left-handed pitching a little bit better than right-handed pitching against lefties this year. They're hitting right around a 250 or so against right-handed pitching. It's been more like a 220. So that is something that you do want to be keeping in the back of your mind a little bit. And Nestor Cortez, he is a lefty, so a little bit more prone. But you take a look at this White Sox team, and they are a little bit goaded at this point because they have a deal with an Eli Menace injury. That is why they're hurting them a little bit. Andrew Vaughn has been on the injured list as well. And for the Yankees, this is a team that they're firing all cylinders are in the top three with regards to bullpen ERA and the White Sox. And we saw Liam Hendricks again on Saturday blow another save. I mean, how long is it before we wind up recognizing that this guy isn't that great? So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that the Yankees have themselves a little bit of value. We'll have a layup to about a minus 125 here. And I'm going to be taking a look at the under and in the final segment. I'm going to be giving you guys my DK Nation pick with regards to the MLB. And we're going to tie a bow around Oilers versus Kings. That's up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network.
Schultz, Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here, and for just $59, you get everything that VSIN has to offer now through the end of July. For the next few months, we've got the best sports betting content that you've got in the business, and subscribers will have access to all of it. And Burke has he covered with daily best bet emails. John Von Tobel, he's got you with best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil, he will be breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals. Plus, we've got you covered with regards to the NFL preseason, not to mention best bets with regards to golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and so much more. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes our daily best bet emails, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, plus you get our live video streaming, bet, betting tools, list goes on and on. Just $59 to be a subscriber now through July 31st. So sign up now, VEASAN.com slash spring. As it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Alerted you guys to this a little bit earlier. Got about 58.3 seconds left. Oilers, they are up on the Kings by kind of two to zero. So we're going to see if this winds up landing two to zero. Are the Kings going to be able to cover that buck line? That is the question that is being asked. And we're going to get into my DK Nation pick for baseball. Wound up hitting upon it a little bit over an hour ago. But with that said, I do know that many of you guys might have wanted missing out on this. So how about if we wind up re-racking it right about now as we've got 951, 952 on the betting board. The San Diego Padres are going to be taking on the Atlanta Braves. And this is going to be the early game. Peacock is out doing something where you wind up getting a game at 835 a.m. Pacific time, 1135 a.m. Eastern. If you're out there on the East Coast, a little bit more of a lunchtime. And if you're out here on the West Coast, well, you're able to have breakfast and baseball as it is going to be Kyle Wright who's going to be going for the Atlanta Braves and for the San Diego Padres. It is going to be Joe Musgrove who's going to be on the bump for them right now. You're finding the Atlanta Braves in a lot of spots right around a minus 105 to a minus 110 at DraftKings. You're finding this as high as a minus 120. And with regards to your total, this is what I'm going to be taking a look at. The 8, the over and the under is just really varying with regards to the juice anywhere between a minus 105 to a minus 115 both ways. But when it comes to this spot, I am going to be taking a look at this total under. You did wind up having Kyle Wright get a little bit shelled in his last start against the Boston Red Sox. And by the way, it is final. The Edmonton Oilers get the job done 2-0. to zero. So the Kings, they have been ousted. And the Oilers, they're going to be moving on to the second round. So they're going to be playing the winner of Stars versus Flames that we are going to be seeing over the weekend. So just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up there. But when it comes to the Padres, Certainly has been a relatively solid offense, but it's been a little bit of a top-heavy offense for them. You've got two guys, Manny Machado, Eric Cosmer. They have a terrific and legitimately the best one-two punch that we've seen in baseball this season with regards to any lineup. Both of these guys hitting north of a 350. Machado over 20 RBI, seven home runs. He has been amazing, but outside of these two guys, I don't think that there was a single guy for the Padres that got an at-bat that's hitting above 240 that we wound up seeing on Saturday. So very much a team that... They rely upon those two guys, and you take a look at both of these lineups. They rank 20th and 21st with regards to batting average, so they haven't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job with that regard, and while you do have a pair of bullpens that they've been struggling this year, the Padres, they're in the bottom 10 in the league with regards to bullpen ERA, the Atlanta Braves, they're more around league average, right around 17th, 18th in the league. They have the they have very good pieces that you're able to rely upon. Craig Stammen, Taylor Rogers, you're able to rely upon them for the Padres. Nabel Chris Metwana coming out and he got like one out of the bullpen 
in Saturday if you need him to be able to give a little bit of length. He's able to, but I don't think that you're going to need a lot of length out of him because Joe Musgrove, he has made six starts this year. He has won at least six innings in every one of them. The only pitcher in the big leagues that has been able to do so. And then for Kyle Wright, he wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it, like I mentioned, against the Red Sox. But going back to his postseason run that we wound up seeing in 2021. So if you take a look, 2021 postseason, combine that with the 22 regular season, he's won about 41 and two-thirds innings, giving up three home runs with a 282 ERA. So he's really been able to come into his own after he was very highly touted coming out of college at Vanderbilt and for the Atlanta Braves. Has been a case which the offense has been able to pick it up a little bit more recently. It's been a little bit of an up and down team, but they certainly have been able to score a little bit more. But that said, now you've got Ronald Acuna Jr., who he needs an MRI right now. He's been out of the fold, been dealing with a couple of general injuries for this team. So that has been a little bit rough with regards to the Atlanta Braves. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do think that guys like A.J. Minter, Tyler Mazik, going to be able to do a good job out there in the bullpen and I think a little bit of an aspect of this as well is just you take a look at the time, 8.35 a.m. I think that you're going to see a lot of guys that they wound up hitting yesterday that they're going to be taking a look and they're going to be like, oh, boy, it's going to be a little bit tough because these starters, they are able to prepare for this. Meanwhile, guys out there in the lineup, they need to wind up either going about it or you need to throw out there a replacement player to be able to give these guys a day off. So I do think that there is a little bit of something to the strange 8.35 a.m. Pacific, 11.35 a.m. Eastern start time. And that's part of the reason why I do like this little under. And plus, I mean, who doesn't love breakfast in baseball? Because I certainly do. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little under. And with the Atlanta Braves, pretty much a minus 118 or less. Going to be willing to lay with them. I do think that Kyle Wright going to be able to bounce back after his rough start that we wound up seeing against the Boston Red Sox. Here's one that I think is also very intriguing. Brewers and Fish. We are going to be seeing 9.55, 9.56 with regards to the betting numbers for this one as the Miami Marlins trot out there. Eliezer Hernandez and Brandon Woodruff is going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers find themselves between minus 151 and minus 165 favorites. And for the Fishies, you're able to find them anywhere between plus 140 and plus 145. And when it comes to Miami, they've been able to do a relatively solid job all season long. And pretty much anything north of a plus 140 was going to be a take for me on Miami. Now, what you do want to note with the Miami Marlins is that we have seen just so many games this year in which they just wind up getting steamed to high noon. They wind up overnight being, in this case, right around about a plus 145 or so. And then you wake up the next morning and all of a sudden they're down to like a plus 120 to a plus 125. Not incredibly uncommon. I mean, even take a look at the line the line movement that we wound up seeing for DraftKings with regards to the game that we wound up seeing on Saturday with the Miami Marlins taking down the Milwaukee Brewers. They open up a plus-120 underdog. They close at even money, so that was another 20-cent line move that we wound up seeing there. Now, Elias Hernandez has had a tough time being able to keep the ball in the yard just for the last two seasons in general. It's given up a little bit north of two home runs per nine innings and for the Brewers. This is a team that they do rank in the top five with regards to runs per game and home runs, but I think the context is needed with regards to the Brewers offense because they wound up really beating up on the not-so-great Cincinnati Reds. That's where a lot of their offense wound up coming about, and for the Milwaukee Brewers, this is not a team that has necessarily been able to do a great job of getting consistently on base. You take a look at what they've been able to do, and a lot of their damage has come at home as well, so that's something that you want to be taking into account with regards to the Milwaukee Brewers, and when it comes to Milwaukee, it's a case in which William Thomas is hitting right around at 210 for this team. That guy's towards the bottom of the lineup. Not necessarily being able to do a great job of being able to get on base for this team. And 
you take a look at their batting average when they are away from home it is one that it winds up scuffling a little bit more with the milwaukee brewers this is a team that they're 19th with that regard inning at 227 when they're away from milwaukee meanwhile you've got yourself a miami marlins team that they've actually been shockingly decent with regards to being able to get on base and being able to keep the line moving they're hitting at 251 as a collective when they are at home you've been able to see some of these guys like a garrett cooper be able to do a solid job getting on base asus aguiar the former milwaukee brewers already hit a home run against his former team in the series now you've got a couple guys like Ore Soler, jacob stallings you're able to throw in there miguel rojas these guys are in a 215 or lower and has been a little bit tough for the team but so you've been able to have some pretty consistent production out of guys like a chance just and with the brewers one big thing for them and the reason why i do like this total under you got devin williams and josh Hader. who are going to be available out there in the bullpen and i've got to think that brandon woodruff is going to be a little bit better in this start as well you take a look at his three road starts obviously small sample size 12 vra on the road that just is not going to continue brandon woodruff is too good of a pitcher but he has struggled pretty much all season long he wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it when he came to spring training first few starts of the season here have been far from terrific for him so i do think that you're going to see a little bit of progression with regards to both of these starting pitchers in general but i do take a look at this spot and i do think that the brewers have went up a little bit too lofty i'm probably going to be willing to back brandon woodruff a little bit later on in the season but i need to see him fully turn it around to be able to invest in him maybe this is a case of which going to miami a very pitcher friendly ballpark is going to be able to get him back online a little bit more but with that said being able to get this juicy of a plus price with the marlins who are at home in this spot i'm going to be willing to ride with that and i've been taking a lot of these totals under typically i don't like to take too many six and a half size sevens under but i mean the pitching in this series is so good and with the milwaukee brewers i think that they're coming straight back to earth with regards to their lineup it's not necessarily too terrific they've just been the beneficiaries of a very very weak schedule in general so i'm going to be taking a look at this total under and i'm going to be taking a look at the plus price that we've got with the miami marlins and we've got a lot that is going to be going down on sunday we've got a lot of baseball we've got a few game sevens in the nba we've got some game sevens in the nhl and vsin as he covered with regards to all of it so have no fear we've got you covered from point spread sunday on and hey you're gonna be able to catch me on the look at tomorrow so we've got you guys covered with a loaded slate on sl sunday right here on vsin esports bank network